Okay, so we heard the same version of this talk. Remember, in the church, we have beautiful way to cover the scriptures. Remember, um, a lot of times we as Catholics are criticized as not being scriptural, not being Bible-based. Nothing could be further from the truth. As you've heard me say, where did the canonized scriptures come from in the first place? They came from the Catholic Church in the councils of Carthage and Hippo in 393, 397 AD. Okay, there is more scripture in one day, one weekday Catholic mass than any Sunday Protestant service period. And one of the reasons we capture the whole gospel is because we have a rotation in our liturgical year that there is in Sunday readings what we call ABC. So we rotate between the synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Then John is interspersed some part of year B, also a lot in Lent uh, and whatnot. But the weekday readings vary from year one and year two, being an odd year or an even year. Sometimes they will overlap, but sometimes I think that's a good thing. And the reason why I think it's a good thing is because this gospel passage applies to something I wanted to say regarding a talk I did on Saturday. Now, two Saturdays ago, I did, well, you know what? Let me back up. Several months ago, I did a talk why there is no salvation outside the Catholic Church. This has been a teaching of the church from the very beginning because we know Christ was sent to earth for many reasons to redeem us to pay our penalty for sin God the Father sent him for many reasons one of which was to start a church and he did and he founded this church and there was only one church for 1500 years there was no other church of Christ every other church I can tell you or at least you can reference the name of the man who founded it since the beginning of Christianity. Only our Catholic faith was founded by Jesus Christ. There was no other faith for 1,500 years. So you've heard me say, I find it hard to believe that Jesus would say, I'm going to come to earth and say, you know what, I'm going to start a church, which I did, but for 1,500 years, I'm going to get it wrong, right, before Martin Luther gets it right. Okay, why do I bring all this up? I want to lead to what happened over this weekend. You see, in our church, Jesus gave us the one true faith. We have been uniquely gifted with grace that you will not find anywhere else. The sacraments, you've heard me preach this many times, are not symbols. They are actual grace to lead you to eternal life. Now, being that said, I did this talk called Why there is no salvation outside the Catholic Church. And I got hammered, absolutely hammered, even though people, I believe, didn't listen to the full talk because I did explain per church teaching there are ways that you can be saved even if you're not physically in the pew. It's not the fault of a pygmy in the rainforest that he's not been inside a church or read the Bible. God knows this. So I made it very clear that we weren't teaching that you necessarily have to be right inside that pew, that a pygmy in the rainforest could be saved. But it certainly helps to be in that pew. And for us who are baptized and in the Western world, 
it is necessary. All right. I got called to the principal's office. I got all kinds of uh, fight back or flashback or whatever you call it, feedback. How dare you say this, Father? And I said, well, this is church teaching. And I have to stay with church teaching. And I always will stay with church teaching. So this past two Saturdays, I did a talk on the Crusades. And I pointed out there nothing but fact in history that the Crusades are a black eye given to the Catholic Church, I believe unjustifiably so, because the church crusades were not an act of active aggression seeking to conquer by the sword. They were a defense mechanism called by Pope Urban II at Claremont in 1091 because two-thirds of Christendom had disappeared. I laid all that out, that the church in the catechism does justify self-defense, and the church in the catechism does give the right to defend ourselves, especially when pilgrims were being beheaded in Jerusalem and Christian land was disappearing. Two-thirds of Christendom had been taken and had been converted to Islam. Therefore, the Crusades were what we would call a justifiable reaction. They were not intended, with the purpose of them was not to kill, conquer, steal, or, or force people into something against their will. It was a protective measure, defensive measure to save Christendom. All right, that being said, let's get to this Saturday. I did a talk this Saturday on Islam. I have never experienced anything like I did this weekend. I spent 13 hours yesterday, I felt like a hockey goalie. Pucks flying everywhere at me, and I'm trying to deflect these pucks as they're flying at me from every direction. I want to clarify something because given instruction and given the, in lieu of the reactions from my previous talks, I felt I was very, or at least attempted to try to be very fair, equitable, and honest about the relationship between Christianity and Islam. So I laid out the fact that the motives in the starting 400 years of both churches are quite different. Christianity began and did not be spread by the sword. It was spread through love and conversion of the heart. I laid out that Islam has conquered by the sword and has taken many avenues to, and I laid them all out. I discussed them all from slavery uh, to brutal, uh, violence and whatnot. But yet I was told that I was supporting Islam, that I was giving credibility to the truth of Islam, that I was stating that Islam is the truth. I, I'm absolutely shocked. So may I clarify something right now and then tie it to the gospel? And then let's get to what's most important, the mass. First of all, Islam is not the truth. Islam is a Christian heresy, as I said in my talk. Islam was something that was twisted by the Nestorian Christian heretics that Muhammad took and went forward with that was not the truth. I stated that emphatically in the talk. I stated in the talk how People like Barbarossa claimed he took more Christian slaves in one day than the entire year of slavery to the Americas. 
I stated in there that we cannot follow the example of Islam when it comes to violence, teaching hatred against the West, uh, believing that Christ is not divinity, teaching that it is blasphemy to believe in the resurrection. I warned clearly about the dangers of believing that or following that. I think I see where the problem happened because I went on to say that there is hope. I went on to say that there is hope through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And what I did was quote Fulton Sheen. Fulton Sheen said, I believe that Muslims will be brought to Christ through Mary. And so I laid out a whole part of this talk about the role of the Blessed Virgin Mary and that it is a fact that she is mentioned in the Quran and placed in a high point of honor. I did not say that it was accurately done. In the Quran, Mary is Muslim. Therefore, it is not our Mary in one sense. I'm not claiming that. What I stated was God will meet you where you're at. Do you know how Mary appeared in Our Lady of Guadalupe? How did Mary appear to the Aztecs? Mary appeared as like an Aztec goddess, but she was doing two things. She was blocking out the sun, which was the Aztec god, and she had her head bowed in recognition of someone greater than her in recognition that there is a one true God greater than her. But she was dressed and attired in the native culture. All I pointed out was that if Mary is in the Quran, that's a meeting place. That's a starting place. That's a place to begin. Our goal is not to teach the Quran. It's false. Our goal is to teach the scripture of Jesus Christ, but we're not gonna bring people to Jesus Christ without finding a common thread. And that thread according to Bishop Fulton Sheen is Mary. So I went on to say through Mary, we can come and say, there's hope. We pray for them. As Christians, what makes us different than everybody else is what Jesus said in scripture. You've heard it said that you are to hate your enemy. I tell you, you are to pray for your enemy. You are to pray for those who persecute you. I'm not denying there's not persecution. Of course there is, but that's why we have to pray for them. So I finish with this gospel passage. Father, get to the gospel, get to the God. Why are you talking about all this stuff? Because it ties to the gospel. And I think the reason this gospel is repeated was so that we can see the connection. In this passage, Jesus touches the unclean. Everybody said to him, what are you doing? This woman's bleeding. That makes her unclean. By Jewish law, in this passage, this woman had been suffering hemorrhages for 12 years that makes her unclean in the Jewish law. What did Jesus do? He went and he touched her. But instead of her making him unclean, he makes her clean. 
Yesterday, there were several comments saying, Father, how dare you relate us to Satanism of Islam? How dare you even discuss uniting with them? I'm sorry. I do that because that's the way of Jesus Christ. If the teachings of Islam are unclean, we reach out with the hand of Jesus Christ to touch it, to clean it. As a priest, I'm in persona Christi. <laughs> Despite the biggest miracle next to the Eucharist that God could do is allowing me to be in persona Christi. All right, as broken and sinful as these hands are, to be the hands of Christ to confect that Eucharist. Brother Ryan just read in the first reading about the Jacob's Ladder. Do you realize in this church today at the Mass in a few minutes, Pope Benedict says, as the spirit of the liturgy, the church opens up at Mass. When you are at Mass, the church, the roof of the church literally opens up and the angels and the saints of heaven descend and ascend with those here on earth and heaven and earth are united. Earth next to heaven is a complete defilement. Earth next to heaven is a complete unclean. Yet God opens up the roof of the church, just like that first reading with Jacob's ladder. And the angels and the saints ascend and descend, and heaven and earth are united right here at the mass. The clean us, I'm sorry, the unclean us is united with the clean of heaven, with the touch of the hand of Jesus Christ. As a priest, as broken as these hands are, my goal is to reach out and touch, starting with myself, which I am unclean, begging for God's mercy and forgiveness, stating that I have no right duty or, or well, I have a duty, but not the right or anything to do this. God delegates it through his priesthood to spart our brokenness. And so all of you who wrote, how dare you unite ourselves with Islam, this is exactly what we're trying to do. Not that we accept their teaching, not that we admit that we need to be politically correct or ecumenism, which has been completely abused since Vatican II, is the right way to go. No, the right way to go is to touch them, to bring Jesus to them so that Jesus Christ will be shown. And I'm telling you, unless you have a common ground, they won't listen. Unless you have a common way to bring Jesus to them, they will block you. So we could do one of two things. We could say, fine, go to hell, which without Jesus Christ will happen. Or we could say, you know what? As Christians, we need to reach out in love and try to bring Jesus Christ to you. This is what Jesus did to the woman in the gospel. She was unclean. She was hemorrhaging in Jewish law. She would have made him unclean, but Jesus turned the table, touched her, and made her clean. Let us not view that talk yesterday or Saturday on Islam as saying that they are not worthy of Jesus Christ. We pray that they will open their hearts to Jesus Christ. And it can happen. Another comment said, why are you wasting my time? This is impossible. They, they're, they're violent, they're, they're, they're Satanists. Okay, love the sinner, hate the sin. And I finish with the story Father Richard told us from Nigeria that I told on Saturday. And I think it probably upset people, but I'm going to tell it again. Because this is what I believe. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. The only way, the only truth, the only life. 
But Father Richard was giving a homily in a mass in Nigeria. And some Islamic terrorists came into the mass strapped with explosives. They were strapped with explosives and their intent was to blow up the church. As I said in my, my, my talk on Saturday, you don't hear about this in the Western news. You don't hear about the violence and the persecution. Over 100,000 Christians die every year for their faith. What you didn't hear was these 12 Islamic terrorists came into the church with the intent to blow it up. Father Richard was there at the mass and all of a sudden the leader of the mass fell to his knees and he went into a trance. And all the other men that were with him, his followers, didn't know what was going on. They stopped, they waited, they looked, they wondered. All of a sudden, after a few minutes, the whole place was wondering what was going on. He stood up and he said, Jesus Christ is Lord. He had a vision of Mary and Jesus and Mary led him to Jesus. And he professed that Jesus is God. And all of those Muslims on the spot, because they were faithful to him and believed in him, converted. Now, what if we as Christians wouldn't be open to at least bringing Mary to them? She was the way that brought them to Jesus. Jesus is the only way, not the Quran, not these other ways, not the false uh, religions, but the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yet if we don't find a common ground, it will go nowhere. This is why Mary appears in the cultures if she does. She appears as an African woman at Cabejo. She appears as an Aztec woman in Guadalupe. And so in the Quran, she is mentioned, oh, well, Father, how dare you? She's a Muslim woman in the Quran. Okay, maybe that's her point. So that she'll get the Muslim people to look at her and then she can lead you to Jesus. So please, do not think in any way my saying that justifies any truth of Islam. My saying that justifies the truth of the real faith, our faith but also tells us as Christians, we have the right and the duty to pray for them, to bring them to Jesus, not to condemn them. We have to ask Jesus for the grace to persevere. You know, it's funny because I told Brother Mark last night, I said, I can't do this anymore. I can't do these talks anymore. I'm going to announce tomorrow that that's it. I'm finished. And I went home. It was about one in the morning when Mark and I left the office, two midnight, I think. And I sat down, dejected, frustrated. And I opened up the comments just one last time. And there was a comment from Lloyd Rich. Lloyd, I don't know you but I thank you. You're part of our Marian family. And Lloyd said, dear Father Chris, you're gonna get attacked, but never surrender. 
never surrender. Thank you, Lloyd, because that was the whole purpose of the Crusades. Let us not surrender our faith and the beauty of Christendom that God gives us. And so I ask for your prayers. That's a big fault of mine. I get maybe too involved in trying to spread this faith, realizing that if you're doing it right, you're going to get attacked and criticized. If you're not, that means you're not doing something. And so praise be to God for you, Marion Helpers. And I don't mean just Lloyd either, all of you, the support that you gave us, the support that you do give us. 95% of those comments are positive, supportive, and I thank you. Let us pray for the rest of us who struggle trying to understand the point of praying and loving those who persecute us. It's not easy. But as I said on Saturday, yeah, it's not natural. I can't do that, Father. You're right, it's not natural. It's supernatural. And that's what we're called to do. God bless you. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.